I'ma give it to you tasty. Bread it up, fry it, and dip it in the gravy. You want fat fish? Yeah, you know you want to try it. Dip it in the butter, make the fat count higher. Higher, higher, higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Robert. And I'm Daniel. The one with the bald spot. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Wow. Wouldn't that be funny if people (laughs) introduce themselves? Hi, I'm the one with the bald spot. (laughs) And then grit their teeth to laugh. I just introduce myself as the brown sack of potatoes. If you want to. I was having that moment yesterday. Una papa con peluca. That's what I'm going to call you. Stop. Papa con peluca. (laughs) We'll get get to her. We'll get to her. Um, get into her. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm having a very like strange like case of the giggles right now. Why is that? I don't know. I think I'm just tired, and um, I'm working on I think like the first dress I've done in a while. Ooh. So is it for me? No, not oh. no, not this one. This one's for um for me for Bushwig Ratones. Um, and I decided to do something like a little more like non Bushwig, I guess this year. Okay. So I don't know why I'm having this like gown moment that I want to be in gowns all the time when mm. I'm in drag. So I'm doing this. Well, don't like, tell them too much. Hashtag yeah. no spoilers. I know. I haven't chosen a fabric yet. So we got yelled at on iTunes for spoiling the winner of Dragula season two, even though the fucking winner was we announced did? like a million years ago. Yeah. When did we do that? I don't know. I don't know if it was a joke either, but this it's was like recent. Yeah. It was a five star review that said rude it was like it was called rude and it said thanks for spoiling the winner of dragula season two well girl you should have been watching yeah it's free like we don't recap it it's like it's absolutely free for you to all you need is internet access it's free i mean we could we could also like you know get a net zero the winner of the switch but we're not going to do that either um yeah but congratulations to her i know right or him i mean <laughs> or them <laughs> I, I, yeah <laughs> just kidding um <laughs> that spot's really making you extras and it? it's all the extra sun there's yeah it's the extra it's uh, extra sun damage because of a bald spot yeah. because i have a bald spot too much vitamin d it's i get extra sunburn thanks to the bald spot <laughs> um yeah i just i thought i thought that was funny so you're working on a dress it's not for me no. so i don't care um, wow. 
Wow. <laughs> make me another dress. It's not like when and I then make, I'll start caring. It's not like when I make a dress for you, you're like, hey, let me lend a hand. What? Because you don't know how. Oh, well. So. I mean, I'm not gifted. I'm no. not gifted with the gift of sewing. <laughs> I have to stop thinking I'm funny. I feel like that's the secret to being funny. I think not you're funny. funny. I just think you're, you know. Yeah. A little rusty. How are you going to finish that sentence? Huh? I don't know, because I don't know what huh? it is. Anyway, what are we here to huh? talk about? Um, how was your weekend? It was good. A little heavy because of that. Um, uh, because of that what? That uh, comedy special we saw. But oh. other than that, it was kind of cute. I didn't know we were going to get right into that. Oh. Oh, well. I just, I want to, I've been wanting to give people shout outs and I keep forgetting to do it because okay. I'm a fucking asshole. Um, I've been saying that for years. But then I go on Twitter and I retweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Sometimes I forget. Um, well, shout out. I mean, this shout out will be more relevant in a little while. But um, shout out to Latinos Who Lunch. They are a podcast that you should all be listening to. They're, they talk about fascinating things. Um, and uh, their most recent episode is with this queer Latinx musician named Sancha. And she has a beautiful voice. And I'm not even going to tell you anything else because just like go listen she to it. She's amazing. Yeah. And follow her on social media. She did this thing where she had her, uh, her quinces in Santee Alley. Oh my God, and, that's right. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I just want to listen to her speak because her voice is so soothing. Also, that dress. Oh, that dress is amazing. Yes, that dress. Like, yes. Ah, uh, yes. So go go check them out. They're um, amazing. And just like as a little whatever, like, un toque. Um, <laughs> so on the, at the end of their podcast, they give out, they recommend things. And on the most recent episode, Babelito's, Babelito's recommendation <laughs> was to read another podcast, which I fucking loved. Um and uh yeah so they're great please go listen to them they have so many interesting episodes about everything there was one about us with that too yeah they really did i mean we're gonna talk about it later but um about what they inspired us to do Mm -hmm. um so yeah um and uh another shout out which is going to kind of change how the outline works um, shout out to Johnny from All Right Mary for pulling us out of our um, Grey Gardens like home to go to Brooklyn. Wait, which one does that make me? I don't know. You can be whichever one you want. I'm imagining that I'm big, You're big Edie. Edie Let's, yeah, because I'll, I'm I'll bigger be a little than Edie. you. I'm already bald, so it works. <laughs> um, yeah, like the twin that eats the other twin. I'm bigger than you. Uh, so um, yeah. He he got us at the house and we went to Be Cute mm-hmm. in Littlefield and Be Cute was very cute. No it pun intended. I mean, what other word is there to use? No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, we went to Be Cute. We met his boyfriend. His boyfriend was cute. Um, we had a really good time. And um, yeah, there's a whole there's like a whole like new crop of drag girls that are starting to do shows in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and we are embarrassed to say that we've never seen any of them perform. I mean, Candy well, and Momo. Yeah. We've not seen any perform. Of them, but... It's not, not any of them, Yeah, but like there were a lot of girls performing at be cute that we hadn't seen mm-hmm. perform before. And it was also our first time going mm-hmm. and it was kind of embarrassing, but like, it only takes one time for me to remember why I fucking love Brooklyn nightlife. Like I just fucking love it. I fucking love it. So shout out to Charlene and Horachada and and Kesa and Hanalu. Untitled Hanalu. Like 
all of these people that were there, all of the performers whose mm-hmm. names I'm not going to remember all of them. So I'm just going to start saying ones and maybe you'll interrupt me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Jackie Kennedy. Oh, she was the first one that was that has been on my mind since we went to see this show. Really? Yeah, because she did. Um, oh, my God. I don't remember the name. Don't of the rain song. on my parade. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and it was it was just so beautiful. Yeah, because I've been staring at her the whole night because she is incredibly tall and like was wearing this lime green tulle dress that was just like a column and this like mesh top to it. Yeah. And I just thought she looked like Naomi Campbell and was just like so elegant and like life. And then she gets on stage and does just a very straight drag number. Yeah. Like it was it was good lip syncing, good performance. It was, you know, just really proving that sometimes you don't need stunts and tricks. And, you know, those are great. But there is something very there is something to be said about doing a song, you know, just doing the song. Yeah. And I never realized how much I liked that song yeah. until she did it. And very tight lip sync mm-hmm. and beautiful. I mean, I, I just really um, I kind of fell in love with her because it stood out. To me, I want to. I want to say she was one of the girls that was standing outside when we showed mm-hmm. up, and I immediately was like drawn to her because of her. Her dress was really, really colorful, not colorful. It was very bright, um, and she had a blunt bang. I oh, love yes. a fucking blunt bang. Yes, it was. Beautiful. And I was like, I see you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I see you. Um, Dynasty. I'm. I don't know if I'm saying uh, her name right. Dynasty. Is it just Dynasty? I, I mean, that's how they. I heard people it. referring to her as Dynasty. Anyway, Dynasty. Anyway. Um, just looking real sexy like oh, yes i know um who else ruby fox ruby fox yes who was giving us like androgyny with like alvin ailey and it was just it was amazing like the energy was just incredible yeah from everybody but yeah you know she was one of the standouts i think um big standout for me was magenta oh absolutely i fucking loved that number yes Yes, yes, yes. Um, she had Minnie Horowitz come on and start doing. I, I don't. I think she did the whole song, doing a Janelle Monae song. It was the like the tail end of American. I yeah, think. and then or part of it. Um, Magenta came out with a gun and started doing "This Is America" by Childish Gambino and shot Minnie Horowitz, and then Charlene and another queen dragged her off stage. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good because we were all confused when they. I wasn't. I knew exactly where it was going. And they called Minnie Horowitz out. And I was like, uh, okay. I mean, I I enjoyed it. It, To me, it was one of those moments where I was like, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And that's like, there was a lot of confusion in the audience because they were like, wait, this queen just performed and she performed under a different name. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't you get it? She's a white girl doing a person of color song. And I was like, I knew exactly where it was going and I was excited to get there. Mm -hmm. So yes, Magenta. And Minnie's solo performance was really good too. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was Um, fun. Who else was? I mean, there were so many. That's the first act. I'm trying to think of the girls. So Candy, Muse, and Momo Shade both performed. They were both amazing. Stellar. Of course. Um, Uh, And Charlene did The Cure by Lady Gaga, which is great and fun. Um, Who was it? Suki Sterling? Suki Sterling? I think it's Suki. Is it Suki? I couldn't hear the first name. Um, She did 
um, Cut to the Feeling by mm-hmm. Carly Rae Jepsen. And she, I think it was her. Was she the one who threw the thing out into the audience? Yes, she had the streamers. Okay, so she threw streamers out into the audience, and I was like a little kid, mm-hmm. and it was like snowing on Christmas. It was like, incredible. It was such a magical moment. Yeah. Um, and I know there were other people that performed, but I'm... Chantal Cocorico. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was a French queen. Yes. Um... Who did a very like avant-garde number? Yeah, with this like weird paper headpiece that she put on on the end. Yeah, I wanted um, to know more. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, her number was. I, I think needed a little more interpretation, like you know, to like think about it. Yeah. Not her. I wanted to talk about it. There we go. Thank you. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'm trying to think who else. And of course, I don't have a list. How yeah, I don't think we're missing anybody. I think we are. But I mean, but we're gonna have to move on. But the last performance was by Queen Robert. Oh my God! Who, how can I forget? Yes, who I first saw at uh, a nightgowns that we went to, and he did this number that was a commentary on um, immigration and you know Trump's uh, backwards opinions on it mm-hmm. to a series of like spoken word clips from different. Um, Hollywood B movies and uh, Ziggy Stardust and um, Rocket Man by Elton John. And he had this beehive wig that revealed into a cone head, ap- cone head application with diamonds on it. And then took that off and glitter went everywhere. Yeah. And he was wearing this like uh, red tinsel wig. And I mean, it was, it was like, um, I, like words escape me because yeah. it was so. It was good. And again, you know, using stunts and tricks in the most appropriate way possible. Right. You know, and and commenting on something really serious and actually quite depressing, but also like bringing joy into it because there was a, a you know, a big like undercurrent of defiance there, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, what a way to end the show. And the way that the mix was put together, it just, it sounded so fucking good coming out of that sound system. Yeah, like all the levels were at the same yeah. level. Like it was, you understood everything. Not like to be you, yeah. too much of an audio nerd burger about it, but like it sounded really mm-hmm. fucking good. Yeah. Like really fucking there good. There was no, wait, what did that? What was that? You it know? was also all totally appropriate. There were no record scratches. His mm-hmm. record scratches in the number were all like the, like the radio tuning, oh, the dial, like, the, like to, fuzzy to, part. Like the the type of shit you would you would have seen in like Mars Attacks mm-hmm. to communicate with the aliens. Yeah, that to me was like yes, mm-hmm. this is this is like excellent on several levels. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was great. Was I thought he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I also loved that. I mean, talking about his reveals, you couldn't, you didn't, you didn't necessarily see them coming. I think the only reveal that was sort of obvious was the way the first wig he was wearing because it was shifting a lot. But, but it's even fine. Then, he could have kept it on. Like it, it was, it was shifting, but it was well placed. But like they were all, they were all like appropriate. Yeah, and they, no, they weren't gratuitous. No they were goose, all like no boo boos with the reveals yeah. either. They yeah. just worked flawlessly. It was just, it was so nice to see that. Yeah, it really made me happy. And that's why I say it's like a new class of mm-hmm. like it's like the new class of drag queens that are. And when I say class, I mean like school, mm-hmm. like in terms of school. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying they're not classy. <laughs> is that what you're saying the new um the new, the new crop, crop of girls of girls at bushwick high mm-hmm. um that's what this feels like um and i love it i'm excited <laughs> and um yeah i i really hope that we go out more often <laughs> yeah um so let's talk about uh let's talk about nanette 
I know Ugh. you wanted to jump in that. At, I know because I'm like, ah. um, so N- Nanette is this um, this comedy special by this comedian named Hannah Gadsby. Um, and before you go on, I just want to say it's amazing. It's on Netflix, and we're probably going to be talking about parts of it right now. So spoilers ahead. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you know, pause well, us, go yeah, watch it, and, and come to back. not spoil it too much. It's just, it's all about her, like. Um, kind of turning her back on comedy or threatening to the whole the whole time, you know, and and moving away from self-deprecating humor because she says that it's not it's not just self-deprecating, it's humiliation. And that was right. a very interesting um point that she made because at a certain point you are just beating yourself up, especially mm-hmm. if those are things that you actually believe about yourself and aren't just, you know, like quirky, like I, you know, I bump into things cuz I don't like you know, watch where I'm going. But that could be spun in a way that's very hurtful to myself by me, mm. myself, you know? Um, I, I, what I got from from what she was saying is that um, that in order to do comedy, um, I guess as like a queer person or as a woman, you have to you have to look to moments in your life when you, you know, experience negative things mm-hmm. and sort of spin them in a way that people will laugh. Yeah. And with her, it was more like I'm altering the um, I'm altering the events. Yeah, the truth. Yeah, she's changing the truth. You bend the truth to the yeah. point where it's no longer it's no longer recognizable. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing that she she said that really stuck with me was that true stories are not funny because they're not conveniently structured. Right for um for a for a comedy, you know, for for a joke, basically that there's a you know there's a beginning and a middle. But there's never an end. Whereas like a story has a beginning, a middle and an end. And so the punchline is what always leaves you hanging because you don't always know what happened. Um, At least I think that's how she described it. Um, And so uh, again, and and she uses several instances uh, in her life where she has used things that were hurtful or embarrassing or humiliating to create jokes out of them. Mm -hmm. But by creating jokes, she also changes them completely. Right. And, and, you know, there are a few shocks where you're just like, (gasps) because they're so powerful. And and I think at the end of it, um, the whole point of this comedy special is actually not to be funny because there were very funny moments, but you know, she says at one point, I just want my story to be told and I want it to be told properly. And, um, it was it was very powerful, yeah. I think, because I think it went beyond a comedy special. I think it was her um, telling her story, mm-hmm. you know, and using this opportunity to do it. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like there have been there there have been comedians in the past who have sort of segued into storytelling um, with their comedy. Uh, I mean, Margaret Cho and John Leguizamo are the the two that come to mind. Um, their their stories have funny moments in them, but they also have um, really like gut wrenching like moments that wouldn't exist in in traditional stand up. Mm-hmm. And so they basically have altered the way that they tell their jokes so that they can be they can be truthful so that they can tell the 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 real thing that happened mm-hmm. and still have the right amount of catharsis through the storytelling they're doing on stage and be true to the actual events you know have their their audience go through a catharsis because of because of their their explaining the truth as opposed to seeking a punchline 
So, um, because I, I came the, what I came away from, like the, the thing that I, that came away from, ugh, the thing that I took away from this. Wow. Why can't I just say that? Um, was I was sort of the, the, the whole time we were watching it, I was thinking like, wow, please don't quit comedy. You're really funny. Um, and we need, you know, I, I'm constantly seeking out new comedians because I'm constantly looking for, um, moments of levity in, because of the world we live in. You know, like when I when I want to take a break from reality, I want someone to make me laugh. And like, I totally agree that she shouldn't be changing the truth of what's happened in her life to suit a punchline. Um, but um, I, ho- I hope that this like, you know, opens a door for something else. Um, and I also love that um, she wanted she basically wanted the audience to walk away with like you know, terrible things happen to queer people, to women, to, you know, to everyone. And it's not for the, like, basically like the, the jester on stage to make you feel better about that. It's Mm -hmm. for you. It's for you to like, she gave you the information. Now it's time for you to go and like actually do something with this information, which I thought was very powerful. Um, But again, like, I feel like everyone has been recommending this comedy special and it's very um, it's sort of like how Sasha Velour changed my perspective on drag, where to me, drag was like the the only drag I was interested in was drag that made me laugh. And then seeing Sasha Velour's drag, which makes me cry, it it made me open my mind to, you know, more like you know like like mm-hmm. like Hannah says in her special to more truth yeah. in all forms of performance and there's a lot of beauty so, in pain yeah i mean i think the most powerful impactful and interesting um art you know of all forms comes from pain and suffering and anger i mean i think it it really motivates you to express yourself in a way yeah. that other emotions don't right um right but yeah, I also really appreciated how um, how confident she was in her skill. Like she never let you forget that she was really, really funny. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. She's and like, she didn't care. She didn't care that it came off like a little mm-hmm. braggy. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because I think that's important. And she also owned her anger as well. Yeah. Like, oh, and, yeah. you know, hand in hand. I think it was like, you know, very much like this is my stage right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you my story. Yeah. And you got to listen. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a break, but when we come back, um, we're going to read some people and then we're going to talk about some fun stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back and uh, we're going to we're going to talk directly to, you know, one person in particular. So um, as we said earlier, we were inspired by Latinos Who Lunch to read something, somebody. Um, It's not a podcast, but the person that we're reading today is uh, Will Kohler, who is the founder and owner of this website uh, called Backed backtostonewall.com um and six days ago will kohler 
published what he has the gall to call an article. Um, and the reason I say article in uh, what is, what is it? quotation yeah. marks, mm-hmm. right? Your quotes yeah. and all mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is because he basically used all of Aja's um, tweets as the body of the article and used two sentences of his own in order to sum up um, her pain and uh, anger at the the way that she's been treated on social media because she recently came out as saying that she prefers to be considered uh, she prefers to be seen as a queer artist who does drag because now okay. that she's kind of not kind of now that she has released her EP and is really dipping her toes into different you know waters and and experimenting she wants to kind of free herself of the label of drag queen of y- you know uh, uh, a specific gender um in order to fully like experience herself right and and that's what i took away uh from her uh from her interview that she did uh with them.us which i i think we've talked about before on the podcast um she's definitely when we had her on to promote her album mm-hmm. um she definitely talked about wanting to um to basically like take over the world in different you know in different arenas exactly yeah and then but in in this article she was much more like explicit about you know their gender pronouns and how they want to be addressed and perceived and you know kind of just this beginning of a new phase for them yeah as well yeah so in light of that you know they're they're promoting their their music on social media mm-hmm. and of course as is the case with Aja for some reason people just love to attack them and go on saying how their music is just stupid drag music again with comments about their face calling her stupid because she's choosing to now you know go like like basically choose a different gender uh, uh gender pronoun i mean it just it was it was pretty bad like if you yeah. if you look at it so <laughs> I mean, from what I remember, Aja has always gone by they, them pronouns on social media. So this shouldn't really come as a surprise to me. Yeah. Like, it's it's always so funny to me mm-hmm. when um, when you start to not experiment with, with your gender, but like when you start to express... Um, express your gender in a different way, people lose their minds. Like uh, Jiggly was recently on an episode of Pose and I saw a fan being like, oh, did you change your um, your stage name? No, no. She was credited as her, like the name that would be on her driver's license, mm-hmm. for example. And, you know, that's the name that she, her SAG card is under, I'm assuming. And that's that. Yeah. So, but people like they get so confused and they need to have all the answers. No, you don't. It's because of this ownership of of not not just drag race girls but entertainers in general. It's uh-huh. like we need to know everything. Why? Why is this like this? Why are you choosing to do this? And like none of this is a choice. You are who you are. You're mm-hmm. born that way. And it may take you some time mm-hmm. to like reconcile that because you know what? It's not fucking easy. At least I would assume <laughs> it's not fucking easy to like be told your whole life you are this because we said this but you don't feel that inside right and so 
you have to fight against what people are telling you you should be. Well, but that's not really my point. My point is like you were invited into the life of Jiggly Caliente. You were mm-hmm. invited into the life of Aja. You're not necessarily giving given an invitation into their lives outside of those personas. Exactly. That's the that's the persona that you're being invited to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So enjoy that persona and then yeah. have a good evening. This is the product. Yeah. It's the product that you're purchasing. It's right. not like you know, you don't you don't buy like your Nike sneakers or whatever and are like, but wait, what are they really called? Like it's it's it's, you know, things like this where it's like when it's people, people don't like a, a lot of people who consume drag and consume entertainment don't know how to see that there's a person here. Like this yeah. is not a sneaker. Yeah, it's a terrible analogy, but this is not a thing. No, it makes this sense. This is a person. Yeah. You know, and like you can't walk all over them. Right. As you please. Right. And so because of all this, Aja released, uh, released, uh, she posted a series post- of tweets, posted a series of tweets that were just basically her voicing her anger at the comments and negativity and really stupid judgments that she was getting from cis gay men in particular. Yep. And we've talked about this before on the podcast and it's like cis gay men have a huge amount of privilege and continue to and you you know all the fights that have been fought have been for cis gay men up until now and it's like trans people and non-binary people are the ones who need to you know basically take center stage now and so she was commenting on some of that in her tweets as well but apparently apparently that according to this um this author was an attack against gay men. That's what she did. She attacked gay men who mock and reject trans and gender non-binary people. And, you know, like, she's not allowed to do that, apparently. Well, I think... So I think what's happening here is that Will Kohler decided that Aja was speaking directly to him Mm -hmm. and took all of this stuff personally um, and also decided that uh, Aja's use of the term faggot in her series of tweets overshadows the point of the article. In fact, his his exact words were, Miss Thing, take two pamperin and call us in the morning. Perhaps you didn't know, but using the term faggot is just as bad as using the term T word and you do not get a pass that is the sum total of his opinion that is the article people two sentences yes in which he manages to be misogynistic and 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 offensive and i i like i i just the how how is it that you turn around like you're so you have written words right and and just to give you an idea um daniel who is um you know, not to be ageist, but he's an older woman. Um, he prints out everything. I do. He prints out all articles, them. even though we have all this technology where you can just read it and go paperless. My no, no, no. Don't bad. count. Don't yeah. counter me. No, no. Don't oh. counter me. Um, your eyes are bad. So you want to look at it on this little grainy piece of paper. Anyway, um, Daniel decided to print out this article and it is three pages long. It is. Well, okay. And, that's and because two, I printed it two per page. Two. So it's really six. Okay. So two and a half um, so it would be six pages. So mm-hmm. f- about five pages of it are just Aja's tweets with no with no interpretation, right? No commentary on them. It's just hey, they said this. So Aja's basically what Aja's trying to say to you is that there's 
misogyny that goes unchecked within the um, the gay community, specifically mm-hmm. from cisgender gay men, mm-hmm. and that it's a problem, and it is affecting the way that certain people because of because of this misogyny it's affecting the way certain people feel about expressing their true gender identity that's what she's trying to say here but all you extracted was that she used the term faggot and then you went silent of all that and and you know again you may not like how she said things and you know what fine maybe maybe like things could be said better but again that's a judgment call that's also quite classist and i think that on top of that because there are so many layers here i think that this guy is also being quite classist because he doesn't like how she said what she said exactly but in in what they wrote is you know talking about you know master mass culture and how that's toxic how you know people in the community who are femme are made fun of and made to feel less than right. how there's you know how how people will have gay sex but then not want to admit that they're the bottom because then they're fat like all this stuff she calls into question and it's terribly important yep. but that's that's not good that's inappropriate she used the term faggot and it's like girl that's all you got from this yeah you didn't see that this is somebody who essentially since she since she well, was thrust into the public eye, and even before that, uh-huh. has not had a moment of peace. Yeah. Because for some reason, people are more concerned with the texture of her fucking face than what her talent is. Right. And it has been like that since she started drag, and I'm really disgusted that it's still like that because it goes beyond that. You know, and to make fun of them because of 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 their identity and, and you know, to make comments like, oh, well, I'm going to identify as a dog now because that was one of the comments in, in her uh, to her video, to her video. Yeah, of course. To her music video. Like, how could you appear as a man, too? It's like, oh, my God. It's just it, it's 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 crazy to me how people's minds work. And when someone expresses the fact that they are they they don't they don't identify with the binary and they're gender nonconforming for example all of a sudden people think oh well tomorrow i'm going to identify as an animal and it's like no what you're doing is dehumanizing what this person is sharing with you as a fan and you are you're you're stripping away everything that's being said here and all you're getting is like i don't know some insanity that you turn around and you're like well i'm gonna identify as a dog or um the the one that fucking kills me is when uh when people are trying to prove that they're not racist and they say like oh i love like black white green polka dotted and it's like wait a minute when have you ever met a polka dotted person or a green person like come on like what are we doing here what Mm -hmm. what is the point you're actually trying to make because it's getting lost in the bullshit that's coming out of your mouth um my thing is what i what i want to address first is so this author has such a problem with her using the word faggot and it is my opinion that if the word has been used toward you as a slur you now have the um you now have the free reign to use that word in any way you want yeah that's how i feel you. you caught it yes like use it and i know that that is a word that has been used to slander aja and you know what she can do whatever she wants with that fucking word in my opinion mm-hmm. and she doesn't need my she doesn't need my um 
like my whatever. You're okay. My okay to use it. But it's like, how are you not seeing that? Mm -hmm. You know? But even that aside, you're completely missing the point. And the proof comes in these like two sentences that you've added to this Mm -hmm. article. Yeah. Where you tell Aja to take a pamperin. And it's like... Okay, so Aja's point was right. There is heavy misogyny. You, and are, you, you are one of these cisgender of faggots that yes. she is calling out. Yeah, she's talking to you. Oh, oh, this queen is, oh, she's moody. Oh, she's moody. She's, you know, she's on her period. Take a pamperin. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you're so, your fragile cisgender gay male identity yeah. is so, so, like, like threatened by this one queer artist statements mm-hmm. that you have to tell them, go take a pamperin. And it's like you're not only being misogynistic, you're misgendering them by saying that, well, I think. Like there are so many things that are wrong here. And it's like it's really that one sentence. Like that is the worst thing that he could have probably done. Yeah. And I can't believe that you have the nerve to have the word Stonewall in the URL of your website. Mm -hmm. That is embarrassing. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. And shame on you for trying to use the most like the most visible uh, like the 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 thing essentially like the thing that started the gay liberation movement. Mm-hmm. How dare you fucking use that in the name of your website when you're going to turn around and use misogyny? Like, do you understand that it was uh, trans women and lesbians that started the this movement, yeah. the movement it- that gave you that gave you the opportunity to be able to have a website called BackToStonewall.com? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you all the way to like next christmas bitch like yeah. i'm tired of you my favorite like, is that don't do it he's so just don't do by it the term faggot and maybe i'm i'm going to be offensive by saying this but there is nothing faggotier than adding on to this two sentence article you dick by putting a a, a fucking <laughs> mad. a fucking gif of angelina jolie as maleficent which was a terrible movie so you're adding insult to injury here okay you're not even using a good gif she was the best part of the movie okay she was a, she was the best part anyway see how much of a faggot i am anyway she <laughs> she he uses this gif of her saying go away and then under it writes since so many people are visiting this post since they are outraged that someone can be offended by Oz's rant how about you read something newsworthy that you should be outraged about and fighting against? And it's like, how about you post something newsworthy? How about that? You can't even respond like a grown ass person to this. Yeah. This is your, that, that is faggotry right there. A gif. That is the sum total of your response to people being upset by what you're saying. Well, let's be clear. It is cis- gay that too faggotry it is cis gay that's happening here and then what i love let me post a a gif of like "Mm, mm, it's mm. like see i got you girl Mm. like mm." and then on top of that at the end of all of this because you have to scroll through the whole website to see this okay is Uh his bio Ooh, is his bio which the cartoon or, or i guess avatar right is a very muscly hairy fawn Oh. Yes. And and it has You his, had me until you said fawn. A Jesus. fawn, right? With little horns. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So then his bio is Will Kohler is a noted LGBT historian, journalist, and owner of BackToStonewall.com. A longtime gay activist, Will fought on the front lines of the AIDS epidemic with ACT UP and continues fighting today for LGBT acceptance and full equality. 
Will's work has been referenced in notable media venues such as MSNBC and BBC News, The Washington Post, Daily Beast, Hollywood Reporter, and Raw Story. The last few, I don't know what the hell those are. Raw but, Story. But the fact that you're, so you're fighting for full equality? Full equality. Full equality, but you're going to turn around and use misogyny against queer people. Like, Cute. fuck you. That's great. Disgusting. Like, wow. And I've never heard of this website. Yeah. Up until well, like two I mean, days ago. I think when it when it says owner, it basically just means he has a GoDaddy account. And that's for those who don't know, that's where you buy your URLs. It's not like a kinky website. Just or this makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's annoying that we have these ugh, these like uneducated individuals that are I don't know. They they he has a platform. Also, thanks noted, thanks to his credit card, he has noted a platform. LGBT historian. Also, full equality acceptance. He, he like you've been with, around that long, and he, you're still thinking this way. Yeah, he fought with act. He he like he he worked with act up, and you're still like this is just this is proof that like it just it goes even further. Like you could be a person who is an activist for HIV uh, and AIDS awareness and still turn around and use misogyny against people in your own community. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all there. You yeah. still you you still need a tune up. Like yeah. you still need to you need to come in for that software update. Yeah. Like and nobody's exempt from this because we all as cisgender gay men, you know, we have our our slips and our you know words that we use because we think that they don't mean anything, but they do. And it's all about right educating yourself, updating your software, and not being an asshole. Right. You know, right. like it, it. And and I I thought something about this. Uh, was when when Bob the drag queen and Frosty Flakes still had coffee of the queens and uh-huh. the things that the, what they would sign off is if nobody's told you they love you today then you're an asshole because you're an asshole and I want oh, I don't think anybody tells them tells him that they love him and that's why he's an asshole oh I think that's going a little too far but anyway well I just got me angry I I I can't believe and I mean I fucking hate that I used that I used bitch derogatorily toward him I don't think derogatorily is a word um in a but derogatory I, manner. In a derogatory manner to address him i hate that because that's the little like that's the little portion of my mm-hmm. misogyny that still lives inside of me yep. that i have to work toward it's a very small way of speaking it what does that mean like petty it is petty yeah and it's unnecessary mm-hmm. um but it's you know like we all have work to do that's the, i think that's the thing here is that we all have work mm-hmm. to do i have work to i have work to do and it's really i mean it's something you got to work on every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're no exception, yeah. Will Kohler. But you are an embarrassment by having mm-hmm. Stonewall in the title of your website. You need an editor. So think about, like, I don't know, changing it to, like, you know, maskformaskopinions.com or something. Like, change it. Change it so that it's not. Ciscaysonly.com. Like, don't, don't do us like this. Mm-hmm. Don't, and don't use cis because people are going to turn it around and be like, oh, hey, sis. Like, it, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that either. Um, it could be like sissy.com with C-I-S. Like no, that would be cute, no, no? Don't give him sissy. I love that word. I identify with that word. I wonder if people use that. Sissy? Like sissy. I'm a sissy. I've like, said it. I'm a sissy. I think that's kind of I'm, cute. I'm a sissy swishy. I'm a swishy sissy. Say that. A swishy sissy. I'm a swishy sissy. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in reclaiming stuff. Like the other day we got home and I forget what we were talking about, but Daniel said, um, you know, he's a white person. He's one of the good ones. And, um, and I was like, we should reclaim that because we both grew up. I mean, I'm assuming you grew up hearing this too. Whenever, <laughs> whenever, I, I mean, this, this, this isn't funny, but like whenever my parents would talk about a black person, oh, they'd be yeah. like, oh, but he's one of the good ones. And so I think we should reclaim that and like use it or mm-hmm. I think people should reclaim it. I don't think it's for me to reclaim, but I think it would be interesting to reclaim that and use it toward white people who are, you know, doing the Lord's like they're earning that right now. Like they're really earning that Mm -hmm. right now. Um, So yeah, think about that. Hannah Gadsby talks about it in her special. She does. It's very good. Um, We are going to take a break and we come back. We're going to talk about Lamas Draga, AKA our newest obsession. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And another shout out for Latinos Who Lunch. Shout out to you once again. They're the only reason we exist this week. Um, Several people have actually (laughs) messaged us. They're the reason we exist this week. Um, several people have messaged us about La Mastraga before, but you were the catalyst that got us to finally mm-hmm. press play on, um, they actually have a playlist on their YouTube channel, um, which is cute. They have the whole first season on a playlist. Mm-hmm. It's great. Ooh, and they have a cute music video for the theme song. Yeah. Like, it's great. I, I have to be very, very, very honest. So, um, we're talking about La Mastraga, which is basically, if I were to... I were to boil it down to its simplest parts. It is the Mexican version of Drag Race. And um, we're about to talk about why it is superior to Drag Race. Mm. Um, so if you're not into that shit, you know. Um, so <laughs> so La Mas Draga is it's a drag competition. It's on YouTube. It's um, seven Mexican queens, seven, eight. One, did I do? Did I count wrong? Seven Mexican queens. Seven Mexican queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they are mostly from the same drag family. It seems three of them are. They're from the um, the Durango family. Yes. Um, yes. It is entirely in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I assume there are some um, very sloppy uh, subtitles that you could probably turn on thanks to YouTube's auto. Uh, translate function um so do that or just watch it and like try and you know extract what's happening from um body language and stuff because they do give you that um but yeah this show is incredible i'm disappointed that i just started watching it recently mm-hmm. and um you should be watching it too yeah it's it's really amazing because the show is it's not it's not just like Drag race in Mexico. It is what makes Mexican drag 
Mexican. Like it's it's incredible because all of the challenges that these girls have to do are you know somehow like anchored in Mexican culture be it Talia or um Alebrijes or um Quinceañeras Quinceañeras the day yeah. of the like the you know like day of the dead Yeah de las muertas yeah. I loved that um, and, oh. and so it's oh. all it's all kind of um like I'm just gonna there's a tiny spoiler but like when each girl's eliminated they have to put their photo on this altar yeah. that's presided over you know the um the um oh my god Santa Muerte yeah you know but Santa Muerte is a drag queen yeah like and 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 then the one that like is the tiebreaker and sends them to Santa Muerte if there is a tie is this drag queen named Letal who is the you know, Papa con Papa con peluca. Yeah, that Robert referenced on the first. So on the first episode, when they show her, she's wearing this giant hat, so you only see like one eye. It has a cutout for her yeah. eye. Yeah, that's fierce. And I'm like, we need this more often. Like once they showed her without the hat, I was like, whoa. She does have gorgeous wigs and gorgeous costumes. Miss Honey, she she does have gorgeous wigs and gorgeous costumes, mm-hmm. but like, girl, well, you're gonna need to contour also, that chin down just a little. How bit. incredible just a is it that the judges? When they're judging are seated in coffins with tombstones like it's it's just really good and it's it's very raw and like but very well um like produced i I don't know if that's the right word but like it's not scattered it's like okay we're here to do this today this is why it's important to mexican culture yes here's the history of it somebody's going to teach you how to do this like it's it's not haphazard. No, it's not. Um, they bring in experts when they bring in experts to help the girls uh, with the challenges. Mm-hmm. They bring in real experts. Like there was a woman that came in, and I believe she was a she's like a um, she was a, th- a theatrical a wig theatrical maker. wig maker, and she yeah. had real like real like good tips mm-hmm. to give these yeah. girls. And they brought back an eliminated girl. Just so that she could be there for the lesson, right? It, 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 there's there's such a, um, a a good spirit about this show, I think, where it's like, yeah, we're in a competition, but we don't have to be assholes. To me, it's like this show is actually about drag mm-hmm. and not about creating a a soundbite or mm-hmm. a fictitious fight or yeah. something that's going to make good television. Mm-hmm. They are actually concerned with showing you what drag actually looks like what it really feels like for a drag queen to put together mm-hmm. a look with whatever resources they have um there's no humiliation of the girls no at none at all, all. none at all none like at all. they're like the judges are typically like in tears when they have to eliminate someone because mm-hmm. they just they love drag and the other thing is like they pick these judges who are sort of outside of the world of drag in a, in a sense mm-hmm. you know the the host is um she Lorena Herrera who's a she's like a soap opera and Mexican movie star yeah and also a singer as well yeah so she's been around quite a while but is also obviously very much in tune with how drag works these are people that are just like popular and love drag and they love it so much that it like it hurts their feelings Mm -hmm. to eliminate someone but like it has to happen specifically the um one of the other judgy judges one of the other judges judges uh yari mejia who's uh like a makeup artist and an influencer and she you know has said like i first became interested in drag because of rupaul's drag race and i started seeking out drag here in mexico and she's like i fell in love with it and the makeup and you know she actually like really loves the art form 
And she looks fucking sick in that music video. Yeah, she Like, does. I didn't even recognize her. Fuck. Yeah. Like, she looks so good. Um, ah. And then there's, like, you know, my next husband, Johnny Carmona. Oh, my God. Who is, oh my like, God. Mexican Papa Smurf. He has this blue beard, and he's bald. He's adorable. Like... Uh, and he has a, a basket full of goodies, apparently. Oh, I, those shorts are very God tight, God bless sir. rompers. God bless you, sir. God bless those rompers. <laughs> um, but he's also one of these people who is, like, you know, he's a, he's a cis gay man, but he's a sissy. And mm-hmm. he, like, will show up in, in like, a... a what do they call it? God almighty. Um, Romp hymns? No, not a romp him no he judged one one week in a um in like a like a costume uh oh, like a princess gown like a it princess was the gown. it was the quinceanera week yeah. yeah and so like it just it's 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 fun it's all just very fun and respectful at the same time um this feels like watching this feels like what it was like watching the first season of drag race oh yeah mm-hmm. this is what there was like there was still heart and love and like um, and hard work and appreciation for this art form. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I really love this show. Yeah. I really, really there, do. It, it has a, tiene un toque. Like it, yeah. it has a thing to it. Um, and it feels like, you know, this is a terrible, this is sort of a terrible thing to say, but I've already, I've already fucking pre- like prepped it. So I'm going to say it. Um, Drag Race on Drag Race, it feels like the wrong people are experimenting with this art form. It's like they're playing in the sandbox, but they don't know what sand is. On this show, you get a clear sense that these people all have like, they all love it. And they all do it for different reasons. They all have different um, aesthetics. And, you know, it's it's nice to see these girls all being different and and exciting and interesting. And the judge is not, you know, pulling apart their looks and their makeup for petty bullshit Mm-mm. you know no. um i mean letal does that a little bit and that's part of the reason why i call her papa con peluca well, because you know i feel like she's... she also she looks very cri- i mean she's the one drag queen she's 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 reading from an illiterate perspective yes let's uh, uh, you know well but 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 hold on because i think i have not been able to find her before the show mm. that makes any sense however there are certain things that she said on the show that i am completely here with which mm-hmm. is like she there there was there was one girl who you know was beautiful head to toe but then like her toes were sticking out like yeah. and so she's like that this is literally it's the only thing but you're wearing a high low gown so it's like if if we're going to an open toed shoes an open toed shoes she yeah. said so medias or no like medias or no yeah but if you have on stockings cover the whole thing have a covered shoe you know she's just trying to say basically that like if you are going to be exposing whatever you're exposing needs to be thought about yeah and that i thought was a really really good um piece of advice and it's one that i have not really heard before yeah you know i I apply it it. i took it personally for the girl when we were watching it and i was like how dare you like i was just like losing my mind um Kind of whenever she says anything, I lose my mind because I'm just like, how dare you? She's also the judge that talks the most. She does. Like she, she does goes on and on. But like I said before, her clothes are amazing mm-hmm. and her wigs are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, the makeup's well applied, but it's, it doesn't follow like how her face works. She needs to sense. contour her. She needs to contour her jaw. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. But, um, as as a big girl who has a little bit also, more more neck than you know than the boys can handle, um, you oh, need to you need to contour oh, that jaw. You need to I've contour that, that jaw. More neck than the boys can handle. <laughs> 
I mean, what what I love about Lethal though is that she's so comic. She's so much like she's so comically big, like tall. Yeah. Because when 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 they have her in the boat, she's on a stool because she doesn't fit. She doesn't have her own boat. Yes, she does. She no, had she it on the last episode. Doesn't. On the episode before the reunion, she was in her own her own boat with a little oh. arch that had her name on oh, it. Oh, because there wasn't a guest judge. Because there wasn't a guest judge because ah. they, they got stuck in traffic. Oh, was that traffic, what it was? Yeah, because traffic in Mexico is that bad. Damn. Mexico City, specifically. It's really bad. You're better off, like, walking. Damn. Um, but they put her stool in the boat because she's so tall mm. compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love this show so much. It's really good. And it's, it's just really just, good. The visuals are great. It's, it's so entrenched in the culture that like, I, I like it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, I much like Letal. I have a few notes. Um, we, I mean, I don't have that many notes. My one big note though <laughs> um, is so they have this boy who is oh, just I'm there and he's in chaps so you can see his underwear although the underwear he's wearing is the type you'd wear if like no one's no one was gonna see it laundry day underwear yeah it was like you know faded black like Hanes like, he's trunks. he's wearing the fucking peach bridesmaids dress of underwear um you need to get him in like you need to get him in some fancy mm-hmm. some fancy panties please you should also just please let him grow out his beard if he's on the next season let him grow everything oh because he was in one of lorena's music videos with a beard and it was just delightful let him do whatever he wants he's other than that he's Benigno, a beautiful that's he's, his name poison he's, he's a beautiful set piece um, otherwise, but he needs better underwear. He's always, it's funny because he's always like covering his bulge. Oh my God. He always has his hand like, in front of his dick. Like scooch the hand a little more, bit, please. More supportive underwear, sir. I think it was because when they had, um, when they had Talia's makeup artist on, he, uh, Skeletor was like all, all about it. He was like, well, he wanted to be all up in the grocery store. Well, he store. was eye level with his dick. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Cause he was in the little boat. Next to Veneno. Veneno was standing. Lethal was in the middle on a on her stool. And the guy was sitting in the boat right next to him. So he was just like... Mm? He was all up in the carniceria. All up in these goodies. <laughs> oh my God, shut up. Bye. Um, yes, so anyway, to it, in short, watch La Mastraga. Don't be like us. Watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Like pause this. No, don't pause it. You're almost done here. So when we're done here... Go to YouTube and watch La Mas Draga and um, and tell us what you think. Yeah. Because we love it. Um, so we have a listener question mm-hmm. from one of our favorite listeners. Wait, we shouldn't play favorites. One of our one of our favorite listeners makes one it sound our... like we have more than one, right? Yeah. yeah okay, we, okay, I okay. think we have okay, more than okay. one listener. <laughs> <laughs> right in. Do we have one more than one listener? Um, so it's not really a question as much as just a, a message from Roland. Um, who we've christened a long time ago, our West Coast correspondent. Yes. Um, so Roland writes... Oh, we're not reading this whole thing. Absolutely not. This is far too long. Uh, oh. Absolutely not. Um, but what Roland does talk about... So we were talking about um, astrology on the last episode and whether you... You know, some people buy into it, some people don't. And that I feel like a lot of people use it... Like they hide behind astrology to explain their shitty behavior. And I don't like that. Um, although I do feel, I do identify my previous shitty behavior with my astrological sign, but I don't use it. Like I will say I'm a Scorpio and then people will look at me and be like, Ooh, not that one. Um, and if so only I had known you, Oh, you knew, oh. you knew, 
Although <laughs> Scorpios and Cancers get along together. See, like this is not relevant. Yeah. Um, it just it to me it's like silly, like superstitious shit. It's fun. And, you know, I left the church when I was seventeen years old for a reason. So the church left you. Wow. Um, the ch- I didn't see the church go anywhere. It's still there. She kicked you out. Um, so um, he basically wrote in and was talking about there are a couple of books that um, that like there's one book in particular that will like read you um, like tomorrow's headlines about your um, about your attitude and your actions based on your astrological sign. Um, and then that there's another book where um, where it breaks down everyone like it breaks down all the different astrological signs based on sexual orientation. And mm-hmm. then also like it tells you about um, compatibility. Mm-hmm. Based on that, I've I've read parts of both of these books. Now really? that I look at this, yeah, and they're very interesting. Hmm. Uh, one of our friends uh, who were house sitting for together once had them, and I was just like, "Oh, astrology!" So I picked them up and I was reading through them, and they're yeah. very interesting. I mean, to me, the thing f- for some reason, astrology and tarot kind of like they meld together. Although to me, tarot has a. Um, like a uh it has it to me it has more value tarot because it's almost like a like a like a point of clarity or like um like starting your day off with a talking point but for your thoughts it just it's um it's a like a great form of um meditation almost mm-hmm. that is tarot i even though i haven't i bought a whole deck and and it just sits i should i should charge it up and start you know start uh doing my tarot every day again. I was really mm-hmm. enjoying that. Um, but um, yeah, he, uh, so he also talked about the idea of your astrological sign carrying, or you, you carrying some of the same traits of like the astrological sign that belongs to the month before yours, um, which I don't really think, I mean, I guess I do enjoy when things are fair and balanced, but I think that's more like nurture versus nature. But I think it's more the concept that like, depending on where you fall in the month, like, yes, like this period of time is like for, you know, like the, like my sign cancer right but if you're on the like toward the beginning of it or toward the end of it you'll be you'll be more like drawn you know there it it's not so it's not so cut and dry like it yeah it, it, it um you know it fades in and out yeah you know into the month and then out into the next one so right. you either get leftovers you, you know kind of leftovers from the month before or you have traits that go into the next month yeah as well so i thought it would be fun if we did our charts that would but be fun. We didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't get to that. We part. have apps. You told me we about do. an app that, yeah. um, th- where you can go every day. Oh, and it tells yeah. you something about. It's, it's quite fun because yeah. it's not just a horoscope app. It's called CoStar, and I don't look at it every day, but it's it's really interesting because it does take like the I think the date and time that you were born, um, the year and all of that, and then it, it looks at like polls and you know um, where where the planets and stars were at that point, and then it, it tells you you know like like I'm a Cancer uh, Sagittarius oh, rising. Oh, I forget how this works. Oh darn! So you have it all up on your phone, like yeah. it has your it has like oh so my sun is in Cancer, my moon is in Sagittarius rising in Sagittarius, a Mercury and Leo, so on and so forth. So it tells you like where all the planets were mm-hmm. like in the, you know, like the chart when you were born ah. and what that historically has been, what that has been perceived as meaning. And so then you can also put like your spouse or loved ones in there. And it, it also like, uh, 
talks about like how you two merge and separate and like all of that. And also depending on like um, whether they're your spouse, your brother, your sister, your relative, like it's very interesting. So do you have me in there? Yes, Am you I have there? me in there. We like, oh, you can also like click and it'll like. Uh, oh, right. We like friended each yeah, other. Yeah, you can. In it's it's I interesting. Um, I haven't like played with it enough, but it is kind of, it, it's a good read because so, there's a lot of information in there. So but what does she have to say about me? What does she say? About what does she have you? to say about me? Compatibility. What does she I say? Good. <laughs> and I don't know. Compatibility is you good. You and them. I don't, honestly, I don't know because there's so much here. But I think like there's a smiley face for basic identities. Oh. Um, this feels very like kindergarten. Yeah. I like, I like yeah, I have to like. Uh, oh, your son and or daughter did well today. Smiley face. Star. Seven stars next to it. Eight. They put away the Play-Doh on time. Nine. Like, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, maybe we'll do an episode about astrology. That sounds like fun. Although I really want to do an episode about music videos, but I don't know how to frame it just yet. Um, I am very, 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 uh, inspired by, um, the podcast Jade and XD. They regularly do like list episodes where they, um, they come up with like a list of things. Most recently they did an episode that was like auntie jams. Um, so like songs that your aunt, uh, your aunties would love. Um, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of songs that I liked in middle school on there. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, but, um, I'm happy to be an auntie. Um, I think the fact that I lick my finger before like opening the bags at the grocery store, I feel like that's very auntie. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like to help you open the bag. Oh, I, I know in exactly the, what in the you're produce talking section. About. I feel like that's very auntie. Um, or maybe it isn't. I have no idea. She's so defensive today. Um, so thank you for, thank you for writing in Roland. We love to hear yeah, from we you. We hadn't heard from you in a while. I hope you are doing well in a nice breathable caftan. I know. In sunny California. <laughs> Jealous. Jealous. Not of that 115 degree heat, though. No, not of that. No, no, no. Never that. (laughs) Um, Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thanks for sticking in there once again. Um, We are Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read them up. And maybe we'll read them on the air. Maybe we'll read you on the air. Girl. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. So until next time, see you next Friday. Friday.